Have you guys ever had one of those weeks? I mean, we've all had bad days, right? Something happens, it kind of ruins your attitude or your mood, but, you know, we kind of get through it, and the scripture says joy comes in the morning. But have you ever had one of those weeks where it's not just one thing? It's something after one after another. And stuff just keeps on hitting you. Bad news or bad situations just keeps on hitting you over and over again, like waves hitting the rocks at the coast. You know, maybe you've maybe it's not just a month, or maybe it's not just a week, it's it's a month or a whole season. Something in your life where it just seems like something will not relent, and it's more bad news after more bad news. You know, my wife and I were talking. We were remembering this last week about one of those weeks that we had. It was actually about three and a half years ago, August of 2018. So to set you up for this story, I need to tell you that about two weeks prior to this week, we had found a pipe in our wall that was the air conditioning drain pipe uh, that had been punctured by a siding nail that we didn't know about. So for the previous two months, every time we ran the air conditioner, water was leaking into our walls. So we finally figured out what was going on, got the pipe fixed, but then we needed to call in a construction company to to come in and kind of fix everything up. So Tuesday of that week, I get a call from the construction company and they say, hey, tomorrow, Wednesday, we want to come in and we want to do something called demo day, which is where we take out all the wet sheetrock, we get rid of all the mold. We, we do all everything that we need to do so that we can start rebuilding, make it look like everything's new again. Fantastic. The only problem with that is Wednesday of that week was supposed to be the first of the month. Both my wife's and I's jobs are very busy on the first of the month. So we needed to come up with a plan. I mean, obviously, we needed these people to get here as quickly as possible. There's water leaking into our house for the past two months. We needed to get it taken care of as quickly as possible. So we came up with a plan. And the plan was I would get up early. I would get to work at about 5 o'clock in the morning, get as much work as I could get done until about 11. I would go home, and then my wife would go to work, and she would work a little bit later on in the evening. It wasn't ideal, but we were thankful that we had jobs that we could have these flexible hours as long as the work was getting done. So that day comes, I get up at five o'clock or get up and get to work at five o'clock and I'm getting work done. Shortly after I get there, I get a message from my wife. Her mom is being transported to the hospital uh, by an ambulance and they think that she's had a heart attack. Okay, we need a new plan. We need to, I mean, obviously we still want the workers to go there, but Kim can't stick around. She needs to go to the hospital, understandably. So I print up as much stuff as I can at work, and I head home. I get there. Kim takes off to go to the hospital. A little while later, the workers come, and they start getting to work. At this point, plan B is working pretty well. So then about lunchtime, another worker comes, and he's coming to inspect some of the work. And he comes up and he says, hey, uh, there's a lot more mold than we thought there was going to be. We can't get all this done in one day. 
So we're going to have to come back tomorrow. Okay. So at this point, Kim still hadn't been to work yet. Uh, first part of the month is a very busy time for both of us. So I at least have some work I can get done at home. I call my boss and I say, hey, this is what's going on. I, I won't be at work tomorrow. I'm sorry, but this is what needs to happen. Okay. So the next morning, Kim gets up and goes to work. I get to work in, in my office at home, and I'm, I'm doing some stuff. And I look over at the clock, and it's about 9 o'clock. There's no workers there yet. So I call the office. Hey, what's going on? There, there's nobody here. Oh, yeah, we're, we're not coming today. Um, we need to check with your insurance to make sure that they'll handle all the extra mold removal. So uh, I'm not sure when we'll be there, but we'll be in touch. Okay, so I grab my keys and I head to work, try to salvage as much, much as I could, many hours as I could. So on my way home, after about five hours, I get a call from my mom. She says, I know you've been going through a lot, you have a lot on your plate right now, and I just want to let you know I'm fine. Okay, what, what's, what's going on, mom? Seems that she was shopping with some of her friends and there was something on the floor that shouldn't have been there. She fell and now she's in the emergency room getting her legs stitched up. At this point, both of our mothers are in the hospital. I have a mold containment tent in my living room that has a dehumidifier running for the last 24 hours. It's going to have to run for at least another 24 hours. And I'm not sure if the insurance company is going to pay for any of that. How's your week going? All of these things would have been challenging to deal with. However, when they just keep on coming, one after another, it was a week of challenges, demands on our time, unexpected issues, bad news after bad news, and experiences like this are what come to my mind when I read the passage that we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be continuing on our series looking at the letter that Paul wrote to the people of Ephesus. And last week, you know, we transferred, or we transitioned from why we worship and follow Jesus to how we worship and follow Jesus. And today we're going to be finishing out chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have your Bibles and you'd like to use one of the few Bibles in front of you, our passage is on page 1158. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. I've got three or four of them in my office still in the packaging, just ready to be given out. I'm not going to charge you for it. I'm not going to enroll you in a Bible study. It's just a blessing to be able to give you the Word of God, put that in your hand. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word of God today. Starting in verse 17, Paul writes, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from their life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed." So early in, this, in our series, we talked about people being dead in their transgressions. But honestly, they didn't know any better. They didn't know that they were dead. And Paul is coming back to this point here. He's saying, you can't live like you don't know any better anymore. 
You've heard the good news of the gospel. You've heard about what Jesus has done for all of us. You can't live like the people that haven't heard yet. You know, when I was 18, I went on a, uh, a trip with my grandfather. He took every one of his grandkids on a trip to kind of get to know them better. And, and my trip, we got to go on a, to a golfing resort to the Dominican Republic. And it was a trip of a lifetime with amazing scenery and, you know, just a lot of fun. The best part was just sitting and listening to stories about his life, about everything that he lived through. But one of the challenges of traveling with my grandfather is he is extremely hard of hearing. He can read lips like a champ, but if he's not looking at you, he won't know that you said anything. So one night we're out to dinner and, uh, you know, we're talking and the server comes and sets his plate down and his eyes just light up. He's starving. He's ready to dive into this plate. And the server says, now be careful, the plate's hot. Well, he's looking at his plate. He's not looking at the server. So his first move is to reach for the plate and pull it towards him to dive in. The server doesn't know that he's hard of hearing and didn't hear what she said. So she reaches out, slaps his hand and said, I said it's hot. <laughs> I heard the server say that it was hot. I wasn't going to reach out and grab the plate. But my grandfather didn't know any better. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying you can't continue to live like you used to back when you didn't know any better. When you hadn't heard the warning, nobody told you that what you were doing was wrong. So you just kept on doing these things over and over again, and they started to form some bad habits. But then Paul lays out kind of the rest of this big truth bomb that he's throwing out. Picking it back up in verse 20, Paul continues, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to be put and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, as we go through the Bible and we read the Gospels, and we see these encounters that people have with Jesus, there's one similarity that keeps on showing up over and over again. Whenever somebody is asked to follow Jesus, there is always something to be left behind. There's a passage in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus is walking to Jerusalem and he tells a man, hey, follow me. And the man says, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus responds by saying, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another man comes and tells Jesus, hey, I'll follow you, just let me, let me say goodbye to my family. And Jesus' reply to this man was, nobody who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You know, both of these men, they had something important to do. One guy just wanted to give his dad a nice funeral. One guy just wanted to say goodbye to his family before he went out and traveled with Jesus. In another story, there was a rich young ruler that came up to Jesus and, and he said, hey, I've kept all the commandments. I just need to know what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, you need to sell all your stuff 
give the money to the poor and then come and follow me. When Jesus first started calling disciples, some of the early disciples, he told them, leave their jobs, leave their fishing business. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's always something to give up when you follow Jesus. And I think the reason for this is because there's no such thing as a part-time Christian. When somebody asks if you follow Jesus, you can't just say, yeah, a little bit. You either are or you're not. So Jesus says in these stories, what's more important in your life? Following me or giving your dad a funeral? What's more important in your life? Telling your family goodbye or following me? Is your stuff more important than following me? Is your job more important than following me? Because if I'm more important, sell all your stuff, give the money to the poor, come and follow me. If I'm more important, leave your job behind and come and follow me. And now that Paul has started this theme of not going back to the way that we used to live, he starts to build and transition with the word, therefore. And in this case, Paul is saying, now, because, because you shouldn't be living the way that you used to be, here are some things that you should watch for. If you're doing these things, you're going to find yourself living the way that you used to. So watch yourself. The first thing that Paul lays out is in verses 25 through 28, and they're kind of basics. Paul says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful for their hands, that with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Now, as I look back at my week, See, don't steal, don't lie, don't go to bed angry. Nailed it. Check, check, check. Got it. And then Paul keeps on going. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Oh, man. When I told my wife this is what I was going to be preaching on, I said, please try not to laugh. <laughs> Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Man, it's, it's like Paul himself was looking directly at me when something hasn't gone my way and my first response is to look up and go, God, what are you doing? Do you see what's going on here? What, what are you doing? I mean, we're going through this process of, of buying a new home and, and then selling our old home. And, you know, a lot of times things don't go on my timeline, believe it or not. And, you know, it hasn't gone the way that I want it to go and bitterness, rage, Anger, yeah, it's all been there. 
unwholesome talk? Yeah, that's putting it mildly. And the reason why this is such a big deal, I saw something online and I want to show it to you, but I need a volunteer. Donald, can you come up here just for a second? Sir, do you know what this is? Toothpaste. Excellent. Step one, you're done. Okay, go ahead and unscrew the top. Squeeze out some of that on the plate as much as you can. Squeeze it all out. Perfect. Nice job. So all the toothpaste is out there. Now go ahead and unscrew the top again. Put it back. Back in? Uh-huh. Got a little squeeze? It's impossible. I, I've tried. Thank you. Go ahead and take your seat. Thanks. <laughs> so Paul tells us, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Because once it's out there, you can't take it back. You know, somebody might say, well, I know that you were just stressed. You know, I, 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 know, I know that you're just having a moment of emotion. You're just blowing off steam. I, I get it. But once it's out there, you can apologize for the words that you said. You can make excuses for the words you said. But there's no going back. It's out there, and it, it can't go back in the tube. So even as we transition from why we worship and follow Jesus to how we worship and follow Jesus, occasionally, Paul will still go back to that why. And he does that again to finish up the chapter. Why should we, should we do all of these things? Why should we not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouth? Why should we not steal and lie? Why, why should we do all that? And at the end of verse 31, it says, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So Paul is telling us the reason why you should do all this stuff, the reason why you should treat other people with, with amazing respect and love and compassion is because that's what God has already done for you through Jesus. God has forgiven you. you know, the list of things that I've done wrong, I can't speak for anybody else, the list of things that I've done wrong, you'd still be counting 900 years from now. Your sins have already been forgiven. So when you talk, use your words to lift up people. You know, these words that can't go back in the tube, if you're using them to lift up people, to show love and compassion, I don't want that to go back in the tube. I want people to see that because when they see that, they'll see Jesus. And I want them to continue seeing that. I don't want it to go back. I want it to always be there. So if you've, if you've accepted Christ into your life, you aren't who you used to be. You are a brand new creation. You are different you know, back when we were young, we used to be told, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words, they'll never hurt. But now that we're a new creation, we know that our words are so powerful. They can build people up, they can tear people down. 
And as Christians, we can reflect the love of Jesus. We can reflect Jesus himself with our words. So don't let the words that come out of your mouth do anything other than build up, encourage, and love. Because that's what Jesus does. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, thank you so much for today. And thank you for this, for this just reminder that what we say is so important. That everything you said was, was used to point people to Jesus, to show love, to show, to show compassion. Thank you for everything that you've done that, to show us the example of how to live. Lord, thank you just for being with us. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.